Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome back. We are continuing here with the Evan Yisrael letter from Rabbi Sosalant that we began yesterday. His Elul Mikhtav. Uh, that's Yodalad. And Rabbi Yisrael is observing that it used to be that when we hear the Shaif, and as I'm saying, I'm not talking about the Shaifer, I'm talking about the Shaifer, other places, when we just hear Elul, we hear the Elul is nigh, Elul approacheth, that would fill Yidin with with dread, not panic, but dread, palatsus, and we would get serious. But, he continues in the same exact paragraph, still there in the first paragraph. The result continues, says, there's something counterintuitive of how this works. Achein, the effect that hearing that the Elul is approaching is not what we would expect it to be. Muskel Rishon is what we would expect our intuition. What intuition would tell us? What would intuition tell us? We would have thought, let's say you have two Yidin, two Yidin that uh, are there by Shabbos Mavarcham of Elul, and here that Elul is being announced, and here that Elul is approaching, the Yamadin is approaching, Roshan is approaching, but these two Yidin are two different Yidin, two different representatives of two different groups of Yidin. One Yid, one group of Yid is, is the Yid who, he really managed to stay, stay serious and focused all year round. He managed actually to keep to his Kabbalists, to keep to his resolutions that he made at the end of Yom Kippur. And he managed to be davening on time and learning properly and, 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 and giving tzedakah all year round. He's really been good, been good guy, he's been on good behavior. Bar Hashem, he had a very good year. He took Yom Kippur with him, you know, for, 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 for 12 months. And you have another Yid who, when Yom Kippur was over, boy, was it over. It was over and done with. And he didn't even make it to Sukkot, you know, clean. Guy comes into Sukkot like a bum, leaves Sukkot like a bum, and forget about it. He had a disastrous year. He went right back to his old ways, right back to uh, every every single resolution he broke, every single Kabbalah he broke. Mamish, this guy... Didn't even make it. Like, might say him kipper. Let's say, might say him kipper. This guy didn't, forgot to bench. Might say him kipper. Didn't make rachas rishonis and things that he ate. And the next day, he's already saying lashon har again. He's already, he's already, uh, davening with that kavan again. He's already coming late to shul. He's already sleeping in. Mamish the next day, might say him kipper. Two different groups of yid. Okay, the yid again. Camp A, the yid that really had a very good year. Baruch Hashem. And the yid that had a disastrous year. And took the plunge as soon as Yom Kippur was over. They went back to their old ways. Now, Rabbi Saul is giving us a thought exercise over here. And he's telling us, so we come 11 months later back to Reish Chodesh Elo. And we're all in Shul, all the Yidin, they come to Shul for Shabbos Mavarchim. They all come to Shul to hear uh, the Shoifer in the beginning of Elo. And both groups of Yidin are there and they hear, Elo, Elo's coming. Elo, Yom Adin, Rosh Hashanah, Judgment Day. The judgment day is nigh. That shakes us up a little bit. As we saw yesterday, who is going to get more shaken up? So we saw saying, our muscle region, intuition would tell us that who is going to get shaken up more? The latter guy. The guy who, 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 who's in a lot more trouble. Right? He's in a lot more trouble. Two guys are driving down the highway. Right? One of them is going 50 miles over the speed limit. And and uh, his his, uh, his his uh, brake lights are broken, 
and uh, doesn't have registration. Is that not up to date? He doesn't have the inspection sticker on the windshield. Yeah, the last time it was inspection was 2006. That's what he has on his windshield over there. And his license has been suspended. And and uh, and, and he doesn't even have he doesn't know he doesn't have a license plate on his car. Okay, and he's driving. There's another guy driving down the highway. He's Bar Hashem. His inspections are up to date. Emissions are up to date. Um, his registration in the car, insurance in the car. He has his license. He has a license plate. And he changes his oil regularly every three and a half thousand miles. You know, this guy is mom and he's going five miles below the speed limit. And they're both driving down the same highway. And they see in the rearview mirror the the uh, police lights flashing. Who's going to be more nervous? Who's going to be more concerned? About it, we would say the former guy, right? The guy who's 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 uh, you know breaking every single traffic law, who's going fifty miles over the speed limit, etc. And he he sees those those uh, flashing lights in his rearview mirror. He's the one that has a lot more to worry about. The din is approaching. The other guy, what does he have to worry about? He's not doing anything wrong. So Rishol Salant is giving us this thought exercise to ponder over here as well. Elul marches in, and we have two in. The guy who was, who was bumming around all year round, who was mamish, uh, had a disastrous year, and the guy who was really took the whole year seriously, he took Ni'ilah into Sukkot, and he took it into Chanukah, he took it into Tu B'Shvat, he took it into Purim. He's been holding stark by his Kabbalists, by his resolutions all year round. He's really been very, very, very well behaved. So we would expect... We would expect our Muskel Rishon, we would expect that it's the former guy. He's in a lot more trouble. This guy's in a lot more trouble. He has a lot more to fear. He's going to be much more shaken up when he hears that Elul is approaching. Says Rabbi Sol Salanter, though, that's not the case. That's what our visual thought exercise tells us. But if you observe reality and humanity, you see it's, it's, the, it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. The guy who's been well behaved all year round, he's going to get a lot more nervous. He's going to sit there when he hears that it's Elul. Let's see. Let's see. Um, the way it works, the reaction that we have, this gut instinctive reaction is not a, is not what we would think it would be, not what we would expect it to be. What would we expect? The guy who has drifted all year round, who has been very far away, who who who, who plunged, who had a urethra. As soon as Yom Kippur was over, he went back to his old ways. We would expect till b'shena hapachad v'adayga yoser me'emas adin me'emas adin. We would expect that guy to have a lot more pachad. Here, Rabbi Yisrael does use the word pachad, pachad, which means a panic. V'hadayga, um, which leads to worry, anxiety. Yoser me, he should be more afraid me'emas adin from the weight of the approaching yom adin. We would expect that more. We'll get back to the pachad in a moment. Um, and he realizes, we would expect him to chap, you know, 11 months into his decline and decay. Whoa, you know, I'm, I'm uh, in big trouble over here. Rosh Hashanah is approaching. And the only way out, the only way to secure myself a good din is and I'm, 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 I'm empty-handed. I have just to have a lot, you know, I have a lot of averis on my record. I don't have much to show for myself. He should be a lot more scared. Because he's like that guy who's driving down the road in that car, without a license, without a license plate, without insurance, without registration, without the emission spec, uh, stickers, and he's speeding. And he sees the flashing lights in the rearview mirror. He's got a lot more to be afraid of. He should be a lot more scared. Says Rabbi Sol, but if you look at humanity, Rabbi Sol was 
unfailingly correct. He, nobody knew people like Rabbi Saul knew people. He was, you know, this is was spent years working on and perfecting his Musar approach to life, and much of that was getting into the kishkas of the soul, the kishkas of the mind, the kishkas of the yid, kishkas of the yid. Says Rabbi Saul, It's the other way around. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. Using fear of Ella as an impetus to improve and to change, Hasra flying, we find not only works but works doubly, is doubly effective. The guy who was tackle well behaved all year round, he is the guy that gets affected more. He's, gonna, he's the guy that gets shaken up more. He's the guy that when he hears Ella, wow, I better shape up, I better improve myself. The guy who doesn't really need to improve and shape himself up as much as the the bum, he's the one that gets affected more. He's the one that it hits how much more, it penetrates much more when he hears Elul is approaching. The, the guy, again, who was well-behaved, who had a very good year, Lafi Erkoi, he's going to get affected. Again, this is the second time we have this lesson. We saw at the end yesterday. Lafi Erkoi, Relative to who he is and where he's holding, I'm sorry, the guy who was walking in the dark, was walking in the dark all year round, was walking in darkness and 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 uh, was in the abyss and wasn't working on himself and wasn't approving himself, according to how it should affect him relative to who he is. Period. So Rousseau is making an observation, is really asking a question. He wants to know what's going on over here. Says Rousseau, you didn't get affected when we hear elves around the corner. It's a scary thing. It's a wake up. It's a shake up. Judgment day is approaching. And judgment day is scary. However, says Rousseau, we would expect it to have the absolute effect of what it really has. Rather than, you know, the policemen are coming. The cop is coming. The inspector is coming. Inspection time is around the corner. Generally, when the inspector is coming, when the policeman is coming, the person who has a lot more to be fearful of is the one that gets more scared. When it comes to Elul time, though, it's the opposite. The person who has less to be afraid of is the one who's more uh, fearful, takes it more seriously. The person who has a lot more to be afraid of is going to be much less affected. Why is that? That's what the rest of the the the, the letter over here, the rest of the mitzvah, he's going to explain that. Before we move on to see what is explained, what he's going to give us tremendous insights into the kishkas of the soul. And perhaps the soul of the Kishkas at the same time. Before we get into that, let's first just pick up on a few, a few, uh, a few nakudas over here. <clears throat> and before that, let's make a bracha. Yes. Um, the Kishkas So first of all, Rabbi Saul did say over here. We noticed yesterday he didn't say anything about Tachad when, when he was talking about. Waking someone up and shaking them up, he said palatsus um, charada and nosapirio. We went from palatsus, which is fright but not fear; it's dread but not panic. Dread but not panic, and we explained how we never want to be panicky. Panic leads to paralysis, which, which leads to lack of performance. <clears throat> we want performance, which needs uh, an impetus, which needs motivation. And that is not fear, but fright, maybe. Not, um, well, maybe not fright, but fear. Maybe that way. Um, but definitely not panic. 
Um, but but dread. The alligator is coming. There's an alligator that's slowly coming into the room. The alligators begin to move slowly, move slowly. My son was down in Florida a few weeks ago. He was there for a few days in Florida. Um, they were flown into Florida. Uh, the the, the Zayda is, is uh, my daughter-in-law Zayda flew them into Florida. He lives in Florida, so they sent us some pictures of like sea turtles hatching. They were there. It's sea turtle season is a time of the year in Florida where you walk on the right beaches at the right time. You see all the little turtle eggs hatching. You see all these little turtleach, little turtleach come out, and they have to. It's very cute. So he sent us videos of the turtleach. So I sent it back. I said, Shlaby, I want pictures of the alligators in Florida. I want to see the alligators." So the next day, we, he sent us pictures of the alligators. And it's freaky. He found some, he found some, um, this observation platform that, that jutted out over a swamp. And, and you can see these alligators just like drifting through the water. They look very menacing. They look evil. And, um, you know, they are menacing. They are evil. They move slow. And that's part of like what makes them so scary. Is they're not in a rush, you know? They're, they, they're not in a rush. They, they glide sort of meandering through the water, you know, looking for, for uh, targets. And then they, they pounce, grab something by the neck, they drag it under the water, they do that, they call it the death death twirl or something like that. Death spiral, death, death roll, roll, the death roll, right, the death roll. Um, um, but at, in the beginning, they, they, they glide, they move very slowly. And if you, you can see them on the surface of the water, you know, stay very far away. You see that alligator gliding slowly. That's dread, it feels you with dread. Again, you have this visceral kind of dread, and you stay far away from that. Um, dread is something that I it's threatening, it's menacing, but I can still deal with it, and I, I take steps, measures to deal with it. As we mentioned yesterday, that's the great alligator of Elul. It fills me with dread, it's a menace, and I have to deal with it. i got to deal with it. Um, that's what we saw yesterday, that's the palatsus, that's the dread, when we see it, Elul, like gliding our way from the distance. We don't want Elul to pounce on us and seize us by the neck and, and throw us into that death row. But when it, now today we see he's now using the lotion of Pachad. Pachad, which does mean more of a, uh, fright and not fear. Something that induces panic and not productivity. Paralysis and not ponderance. So what's the Pachad over here? We suddenly switched to Pachad. So the, the reason behind the shift is is um, first of all we are because we are shifting the result is talking now about the person who's been slacking off all year round and he mentions the word pachad in conjunction with the person that we would have thought gets more affected by Elo, which is the bum excuse me the bum that has been bumming around and he says pachad that's going to be the initial reaction tack of the bum who's in a lot more trouble that's why he says pachad excuse me um if I'm in a lot more trouble, so it's not just dread from a distance, it's it's a threat that's imminent, it's a threat of, it's overwhelming, it's an overwhelming threat, overwhelming. It's like the guy who sees the alligator, yes, you see that alligator gliding away from a distance, but let's say you're like 600 pounds, and so that means two things at the same time. You see the alligator gliding your way in the Everglades, um, and you weigh, happen to weigh 600 pounds. That means two things, Rabbi said, at the same time. A, you can't move very fast, and B, that alligator sees you and is not, not looking at anybody else. You know, you you are the alligator has made up its mind. You know where lunch is coming from today, lunch and supper, and lunch and supper for the next few weeks. You know where that's coming from. 
Um, so that is a different kind. That's a dread that leads to immediately to panic because I'm in big trouble and I, I'm, I'm in overwhelming trouble. I'm overwhelmingly in trouble. I see that alligator. I'm 600 pounds. There's no way I'm going to get out of here. This thing's going to move a lot faster than me. Even though right now it's gliding and meandering, but it moves a lot faster than me and I'm its prime target. It's not looking at anybody else over here. It wants me. So that's the pachad usage over here. We're using in conjunction with a guy who's been bumming off all year round and he has not just a, 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 a fear and not just um, uh, not just a um, um, dread of the uh, uh, danger that's approaching, but he has an overwhelming dread because he knows how much trouble he's in. That's Pacha. But note, at the same time, Rabbi Saul still says that Pacha is still supposed to lead to Daigo Me'im Asadin. It's supposed to lead to productivity. We're not, you don't want to be paralyzed, but the person who's in a lot more trouble, who we would have expected to take the lesson much more seriously, is only going to, is, is going to be filled initially with Pachar because it's overwhelming. It's the, 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 if he gets the point, he gets the message, again, the guy who's the bum, the bum, the guy who's been bumming off, um, and bumming out and bumming around, he's going to be filled with pacha because it's overwhelming. Yeah, okay, but it's still supposed to lead to productivity, and that's the daiga and me'emes uh, hadin. Nevertheless, Rabbi Saul says that um, he's going to be less affected than the other guy, which we're going to have to discover before that, which is the next paragraph. The other dig over here is, what's this lefi erka? Rabbi Saul keeps talking about lefi erka. He said it twice. Twice. And as we mentioned yesterday, we have to learn up the Mikhtav of Abhishal Salanter, and he writes in a way that they need to be learned up, and he wants us to learn it up, that's how it's going to affect us. We only get affected by a Limud Musari if, and when it's a Limud. So he said twice, Lafi Erkai, Lafi Erkai. And he said it on, on each individual. Um, we had it four lines in. At least in my edition, four lines in over here. Um, in the beginning of the paragraph, Melifnim Kasher Yadati Kol Ish Achazay Palatzes Mikol Akarei Kadosh Elul. Everyone would be gripped with this dread when we hear Elul is around the corner. Hacharad Alazu Nasapirio, and this 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 uh, quaking and shaking, trembling, this trembling would bear its fruits. Liskav Lavadosi Isbarach Ish Lafi Erkoi to bring us back to the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. Each person according to who he is. Each Lafi Erkoi. Now, Lafi Erkoi doesn't just mean according to who he is. It means proportionate to who he is. Relative to who he is. It doesn't just mean everyone's at a different madrega. It means Lafi Erkoi, relative to where he's standing. Some kind of relativistic shear of coming closer to Hashem. Very funny Lushan. Seem, seemingly unnecessary. And he says at the end also... Um, he says it twice. Again, he's saying that Lafi Erka is applicable to the bum and to the tzaddik. We, the, the person who gets affected, Lafi Erkoi, relative to who he is, relative to where he's standing, is, 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 is gonna be that guy who's, who's taken life seriously for the last year, as opposed to the guy who hasn't, who won't get affected, Lafi Erkoi, according to where he's standing. So one thing is immediately clear. Is even when people will allow themselves to be affected by Elul, they don't have to be affected in the same way, and it's okay if they're not affected in the same way. And we actually want that. We want everyone to be affected differently. Lafi erkoi. We don't want. We're not even looking for the bum to get affected the same way as the tzaddik. But we're just looking for him to get affected. Lafi erkoi, relative to who he is and relative to where he is, and that's 
the objective, that's the goal, is to be affected, lafi erkai, but not at all to be affected to the same degree. Why is that the case? And what does that mean? What's this measurement of everyone, both the bum and the, and the, and the ben aliyah, the bum and the ben aliyah getting affected relative to where they are? What is that shear? What is that measurement? And what is that relativistic proportion over here? So it means the following. It's actually not a ratio at all. It's, it is meant to be taken literally mamish. Lafi erkoi always means the following. This is why Rabbi Saul says Lafi erkoi um, actually is much more of a universal constant than relativistic. But the relativistic um, is when it's applied. But the principle that's applied to everyone in terms of what we want to see in what, as Rabbi Saul says, lehiskari vlavodos. So what is that lefi erkoi? Lefi erkoi is how are you approaching God? How are you getting closer to God during Elul? The on an applicational level, it's lefi erkoi. It's relative, but on a on a on a fundamental level, in terms of the principle over here, it's actually one common constant principle, and that principle is as follows: What do we really want to see during Elul? What do we really want to see? you do when you take the message of El seriously, when you take the, the imminence of Rosh Hashanah seriously, we want to see something that looks to us, that's Lafi Erkoi, but really is a one-size-fits-all. It's such, an, a, such, a, such a powerful yesoid. What we want to see during Elo is everyone leaving their comfort zone. That's what Lafi Erkoi means. Go outside of your comfort zone. Do something that you're not doing currently. Something that's a little uncomfortable. You're currently over here if you're the tzaddik. You're currently over here if you're the bum. You're currently over here if you're the chassid. You're somewhere that you've established yourself. And let's say you've been well-behaved all year round. Let's say you've been taking life very seriously. Okay, but you're over here. You worked very hard to be over here. Let's say you're a bum. You're down here. Let's say you start slacking off. Might say Yom Kippur. Might say Yom Kippur. You already went back to you said, saying, saying Lashon Hara. You didn't dive in the mire of Meitzim Kippur with any kavana. You had to go back for Atachayin Antanu. You don't even remember if you said Atachayin Antanu. And from there, it just went south. Wherever you are, whether you're the guy that's up here or the guy that's down there, if El comes along and you want to take El seriously, you want to start coming back to the Rebbein Shalom, the constant for that, the one size fits all is do something that's Lafi Arkoi. Move a little bit beyond where you are right now. A little bit out of where you are right now. That's Lafi Erkoi. You're over here. You're over here. You're over here. You're over here. Whatever your routine is, go a little bit outside that routine. So you're, you're a big tzaddik. All year round, you've been coming on time to Shachras. Come five minutes earlier to Shachras. You've been staying till the end of Seder. Stay five minutes after Seder's over. You've been staying five minutes after Seder's over. Stay seven minutes after Seder's over. You have all year round, you had a tiny steeper from three to four p.m. 3 to 4 a.m. I personally make a tiny debor. 3 to 4 a.m. every single day. That's when I make sure not to talk to anyone, so I won't say Lashon Hara. So that's my personal couple. 3 to 4 a.m. Some people, maybe better to do it 3 to 4 p.m. I made a tiny debor all year round. 3 to 4 p.m. I don't talk to anyone, so I shouldn't say Lashon Hara. So make a 3 to 4.30. But 3 to 4 is already pushing it. Yeah, push it a little bit more. That's Lafi Erkoi, is to leave the comfort zone. 
That's the reaction of someone who's taking Elul seriously. That's the reaction of someone who understands the imminence of Rosh Hashanah. He sees the flashing lights in the rearview mirror, and they know for whom the bell is tolling. It tolls for thee. And you know that you got to take that bell seriously. The reaction to that is, Lafi Erkai, I figure, where am I right now? Let me go a little bit outside of that. Even a little bit outside of that. But that's the whole godless of, of what Rabbi Saul is telling us. Even a little bit outside where I'm holding right now is his Tarvas Hashem, Lafi Erki. I went a little bit outside where I am right now. Wherever I am, I did something that, that by definition is going to be a little bit uncomfortable because outside of my comfort zone. It's outside that routine that I, that I've established for myself. Outside of my current modus operandi. That's what needs to be done. And again, Rabbi Shul is telling us the only person who's really going to do that is going to be the tzaddik counterintuitively and not the bum. And that's what we're going to continue with tomorrow. But that's an amazing discovery for today is that the movement that we want of Elo, the movement that we want Elo to generate within us to start taking Rosh Hashanah seriously is to leave the comfort zone. That's something for us to dwell on, to be misplayed on between today and tomorrow. Where can we be leaving a little bit our comfort zone, our personal comfort zones behind an Elo? Where can I do something that's a little bit uncomfortable? A little, and even if it's just a little bit uncomfortable, that's already his karvust hakadosh Everybody chab? I'm already being miscarved Hashem because I'm going a little bit outside of my routine, a little bit outside my comfort zone in order to improve myself, whether that, that means coming five minutes earlier, staying five minutes later, a little bit outside my comfort zone is by definition his karvus HaKadosh Baruch And that's the Lafi Erka that Rabbi is referring to that's already taking Elul seriously. Okay, good, we'll continue tomorrow.